Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I am here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing well. We got rain in California. That was awesome. Ah, nice. The drought is almost over. The summer, we've almost Dude, made it through out, the summer. Put out, a, put out a fire. Yeah. Well, when the first rain comes, it's always good news here in California. It means summer's ending, fire season's starting to wind down, drought's almost over. But we are coming to you here now on a Thursday night, September 22nd, right here after Thursday night football, fresh with the love for football flowing through our veins. And we are here tonight to talk to you about the upcoming Packers Buccaneers game. Uh, we do these pregames every single Thursday night, and we release them on Thursday night. You can listen to them Friday mornings. We also do post games every Sunday night. You can, we record them Sunday night. Uh, you can listen to them Monday morning, unless, of course, we have a Monday night football game that we'll record those Monday night. Um, but yeah, come check us out. We post about those new podcasts uh, on our Twitter at Father Son Packer. Come give us a follow. We would love and appreciate it. You can also check out our YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Come give us a subscribe. Um, we also post all our content on there. You can catch us on any podcast streaming platform of your choice, whether that be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. We would just love for you to come check out the content that we're putting out because, you know, we enjoy doing this and we think you might enjoy listening to it. But, Dad, uh, do you want to just jump into our pregame? Ooh, I would say so. I guess we're going to start with the extensive injury report. Yes. We almost <laughs> needed to take two screenshots to get every single player down in this injury report because it is a doozy. I'm about to do one of those, like, prescription like medication ad reads where they're reading the, like, side effects at the end. That's going to be me speed reading through these through these in, this injury report, and then we'll get into a bit. of Reading a this dive. injury report could cause cause could wheezing, cause. oozing, nausea. Side effects may include, but anyway, we're going to breeze through these, and then we're going to do a bit of a deeper dive into what we think the impact of these injuries are, how many we think are that serious. But anyway, here we go. Okay, for the Packers. David Bakhtiari was a limited participant after not practicing on Wednesday. Kenny Clark was a limited participant with a groin issue uh, after not being listed on the injury report Wednesday, so going the wrong way, that's not ideal. Randall Cobb did not participate again for back-to-back days um, with an illness. Mason Crosby, also listed with an illness after not being listed Wednesday, did not participate. Elton Jenkins, limited back-to-back days Wednesday and Thursday with his knee. Um, It's probably just precautionary. Alan Lazard did not participate with his ankle injury. Mercedes Lewis did not participate listed with a groin injury, but this is also the day he usually takes his vet rest. Sammy Watkins did not participate with a hamstring, and Christian Watson did not participate with a hamstring after both being limited on Wednesday. Uh, and uh, Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard were also limited on Wednesday. So, whew, made it through that. Got, got Packers receiver l- core is not great right now. <laughs> a lot of players going the wrong direction, but, you know, just hoping that... Thursday's just the off day. That's the They're just giving them a rest day, so they're not doing multiple days in a row to rest those. What we're we're hoping are are a few just, you know, minor aches and pains. Yeah, I mean... And the Bakhtiari thing, there was more people, like, fretting about it yesterday. But it it seems with the practice today, there's more of a kind of just... The, just the plan yeah it seems like the plan i still day on think, day off day on I, day off i doubt he plays this weekend um but just as a reference um the two players that did not participate last week on thursday were bakhtiari 
and Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis did play. Bakhtiari did not. Mercedes Lewis actually played a lot of snaps. That was a vet rest day, though, so a bit tough to tell. Um, but it does seem – do you want to just break down the Packers injuries first since there are so many of them, and then we'll move on to the Buccaneers injuries? Right, so we've got um... – Let's talk about the receivers. Four of their top five receivers. Yeah. It's all, not great. All DNP. You know, Cobb has got an illness. We don't know what that is. Yeah, it seems to be going around. Because Crosby's maybe it's got g- one too. giving it to Crosby now but too. But I did think, uh, here said he believed that Crosby would be good to go on this Sunday. This is true. Bisacci said he thought, so maybe that means Cobb will be ready to go Sunday too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> if, we're, if we're kind of... Inferring so that it's to, the same illness, hopefully they're both back on Sunday if Crosby so can. To, right to to read it with rose color rose colored glasses. I we'll hope that the the receivers missing today were not actual setbacks, but simply getting an additional day of rest. Yes. And to, However, the counterpoint to that is they also re-signed Travis Fulgham. To, to the, the practice, practice squad, squad after cutting him from the practice squad. And so that makes you wonder, yeah, are they worried I, they're going to need another receiver it definitely, on Sunday? It definitely seems like it. I know Tom Silverstein tweeted about this today. Um, but he was saying it, it was in direct correlation with the receiver absences. And just looking at the nature of some of these injuries, obviously we know Alan Lazard's ankle, like he already missed a game for it. So you hope he didn't take a step back. But I would assume that one is precautionary. The ones that worry me the most are Watkins and... Hammies? The hammies, yeah. Are Watkins and Watson. are, are worrisome. Because hamstrings are long-term injuries. They take a while to heal. They're very fickle. They can come up really quickly. Sammy Especially Watkins for sprint, already, sprinting. Sammy Watkins already had a hamstring injury in the preseason that caused him to miss a bunch of time. That's And he has a history of hamstring issues. So this kind of like... Yeah. It's, they, it doesn't feel great. Hamstrings for speed players are, are troublesome. Yeah, so those, so, those worry me. And so let's say for just worst-case scenario, all four receivers like Cobb, uh, Lazard, Watkins, Watson don't play. That leaves us with Dobbs, Winfrey, Amari. Rogers, and Amari Rogers and Fulgham. And, and Toure. And Toure. Good gracious, that is rough. <laughs> That would be a Matt LaFleur masterclass if they were able to do anything on it. Dob season, baby. It's just, yeah. I would, if that were the case, which obviously worst case scenario, I think Cobb is more likely to play than not. Obviously don't really have any reasoning for that, but that's, it seems like if those illnesses between Crosby and Cobb are the same, it seems like Cobb's more likely to play. I think Lazard's is probably just maintenance, although I'm a little bit just optimistic there. But if they're missing all four of them, boy, oh boy, is the offense in this game for the Packers is going to be kind of ugly and very gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very weirdly run if that turns out to be the case. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean they had, but last year they were missing Adams, Lazard, Cobb, and MVS against the Chiefs. I think the Cardinals. Oh, sorry, um, the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, they were missing the Adams, Lazard, MVS. That's right, because they were mostly throwing it to. Winfrey? Winfrey and Cobb and Cobb had a great game that game. Oh, Cobb was Cobb was Cobb, was Cobb had that. two touchdowns, I believe. Um, but no, yeah. Okay, so but... if they don't have those receivers, it's tough. Based on the, so that kind of covers the receiver position for the Packers. Offensive line wise, I would not expect Bakhtiari to play. Um, I just don't. 
I think it's safe to assume he won't play. You should not expect him to play until he does. I think at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it just kind of is he, how it is. Did you watch the the video of him playing? Do you see what he was doing? I saw the very small clip. He was kick sliding, right? But he was also practicing his look to the right and watch the snap and then jump out of his stance. So are you saying that that's like as close as you can get to playing? or So that's he's practicing for watching the snap with crowd noise. Man, you got the rose-colored glasses on like Cyclops. You're not allowed to take those things off, huh? Those things are just on there. I might there. burn something. <laughs> I might burn something when we lose this game. I might set some stuff on fire. Um, but anyway, uh, that's kind of the injury report for the Packers side. I think Lewis ends up playing. He normally gets his vet rest anyway on Thursdays. Um, and he was I'm limited a little yesterday. Worried about Kenny Clark. Yeah, with popping a groin. up on the injury report on a Thursday is never good. And when he D- had the groin injury a couple years ago, he was not as effective for like five and, weeks. Yeah, and, and the whole defense wasn't as effective. Yeah, um, while he That's was true. hurt, Z and Preston both were down in their production while that was Kenny the, was That was the 2020 hampered. defense, right? That was the 2020 defense that wasn't as good as the 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, groin injuries are so tough. Like, you use that muscle to explode so, I'm so hoping, much. I'm just hoping it's really minor. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, getting added on a Thursday is never good. Uh, if he doesn't play, do you want lots of TJ Slayton or do you want lots of Devontae Wyatt? I think TJ Slayton is the nose. For as okay. many snaps as he can hold up. And with Reed playing some nose. And then uh, probably the starters would be Lowry, Slayton, and Reed. Do you think Jonathan Ford is active? If uh, mm. Kenny can't go? That's a good question. Maybe. Because he's been inactive for through the first two games. But they might not have a choice. <laughs> or elevate uh, Heflin. I mean, it's possible. Heflin might be more pro-ready right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how the Packers injury report go- is going. If Kenny can't play, I think that's a big problem. I think that really yeah, that's exacerbates, a huge problem. I think that really exacerbates their issues because I think he has strengths. a chance to seriously wreck. That's what I'm saying. The, uh, the Tampa Bay, and backfield. we'll talk about that later. But let's move on quick to the Tampa injury report. I'm going to do the same read off because they have even more injuries than we do. So Carlton Davis is actually back to being a full participant after being a limited participant on Wednesday with a hip injury. He is their number one corner, so that's a big uh, issue. Leonard Fournette has been limited the past two days with a hamstring. Russell Gage has been limited the past two days with a hamstring. Chris Godwin has been limited the past two, or has been not participating the past two days with a hamstring. Don't expect him to play. He injured it pretty badly two weeks ago, and I think they're taking it very slow with him. Um, Robert Hainsey with a knee has been limited on Wednesday, but is now a full participant. Akeem Hicks did not participate. He is not expected to play. He has a pretty serious foot injury that should take him out. That's probably going to unfortunately take him out. Last I like heard a was a month yeah. for the torn uh, fascia. Yeah. Julio has a knee issue, and he has been a DNP the past two weeks. That's tough to see. Um, Zion McCollum, corner, hamstring, has been a full participant both days, so he should be. he's probably fine. Um, Scotty Miller with the calf injury has been a limit on Wednesday, but is now a full participant on Thursday. So he's trending in the right direction. K dot and their rookie tight end, uh, for personal reasons did not participate the past two days. Brashad Perryman, their wide receiver, uh, with a knee injury has been limited the past two days. And then Donovan Smith, their tackle was a DNP on Wednesday, but has been elevate, uh, upgraded to a limited participant on Thursday with an elbow injury. That's a pretty big deal. Cause he is their starting left tackle. 
Um, yeah, so and he was also, out there just one last thing. today with an elbow brace. Yeah, but one last thing. Mike Evans has been officially suspended for this game after fighting right. Marshawn Lattimore last week. So, so Evans is also out um, They also, suspension was held up. They also don't really have any receivers. Their top two stars, Godwin and Mike Evans, will not be playing. Russell Gage an, is looking pretty iffy to play. Rashad I thought Perryman, that Gage is looking more likely uh, that they thought he was – that Gage – Perriman and Scotty Miller were looking a little bit more likely to play. Okay, I had not seen that. I had seen fantasy analysts saying they did not expect Gage to play, but it definitely oh, I, I, okay, could go I missed both ways. That. I yes. was still thinking there was an outside chance that Julio would play and less chance for Godwin. Well, the fact that Julio has not practiced yet this week, I mean, Julio yep. never practices. Oh, I'm not saying and, it's, To be I'm fair, Julio never practices anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying it's necessarily likely. However, yes. I, he's got more I of think, a chance than Godwin. Oh, yes. God, I mean, Godwin and Evans are not playing. They're not playing this week. I think that's almost... I think he's already been ruled out pretty much in all but official. Um, but I think that, you know, this game is going to be a bit of a slugfest, I think. It's going to be... A, I think it's going to be a defensive battle in the end because looking at all these injuries, it's rough out there. I think the biggest one to keep an eye on if you're a Packer fan is Donovan Smith. I think all the other ones are pretty set in stone. But if they are out there, backup left tackle, I think their second string left tackle is also right. injured. So something that's not mentioned here in the injury report is their backup tackle, who is already filling in for their injured first string tackle, Josh Wells, has gone to IR. Mm, with, that's a good catch. Um, that's tough. What the heck was his injury? Calf? Well, either way, he's I on IR. And, so and Gio, and Gio Bernard, mm-hmm. and Gio yeah, Bernard also well. went to IR. But if Donovan yeah, so, Smith can't play, it's going to be their third stringer, which is probably why they're trying to get him back out there with the brace. Yeah, so we'll see what's going on with Smith uh, with the elbow brace, whether he's able to play. And then, so kind of in parallel to the Packers re-signing Travis Fulgham to the practice squad. Cole Beasley. The Bucks have signed Cole Beasley. Fam- yes. Famous famous rapper, Cole Beasley. Is he a famous rapper? Yeah, he's a Does he have a rap rapper, album? I think, he, I think he, he might actually have an album. I did not know that. Huh. You didn't know but, that he rapped? I think, he, I think I've got I, it right. I did not know that. that. That is news to me. But anyway, those are the injury reports for both teams. Um, we're going to now go Cole on Beasley to... rap album. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you know that. Um, I'm they, just going to say they that. Must have, they must have taught, They must have been mentioned sure. in the game once or twice. Sure they, sure they did. Definitely. Don't just... Yeah, don't look at my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Going down to... I'm not going to give that (laughs) knucklehead a listen. We're we're going on. But anyway, going on to our official game preview now. We always like to start with uh, one segment called Blast from the Past, which is a bit of looking back at how these teams have matched up in the past. Pain. Yes. In this case, pain. How these these teams have matched up in the past, and then also what each team has been up to most recently. So we're going to start with... How these teams have matched up in the past, and Dad, these matchups gave me depression, so I'm going to let you take the wheel from here on this one because I don't want to hear about these games. Well, we could we turn off your uh, your headphones. You're muted. I don't <laughs> even hear you anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> so the last two times that, that the Packers lost um, both games in 2020, the first of the regular season, they lost badly. They, they actually scored first, but then... Rodgers threw like the rare pick six and the whole game kind of fell apart. They um, had a ton of trouble on offense moving the ball um, and and everything going on. It's one of those 
like kind of weird sort of Packers in Florida for Rogers things that happened in that game and all kinds of stuff fell apart. And then of course the most painful of all was the uh the loss in the NFC Championship game. And that was one where they really struggled to run the ball. Um and Rodgers was under a ton of pressure from their two edge rushers while they had um Billy Turner and Wagner, Wagner. Yeah. Um starting at the tackles and they really struggled to hold up. Though I think even the interior of the line was not so great either. Um and it was one of those things we just had lost Bakhtiari and, and our whole offensive line went down and they had just gotten Vita Vea back, who was originally thought to be like out with for the season with a ankle injury and came back just in time for the playoffs. So we okay. were struggling. I've I've had enough of this. We we got curb stomped. We got absolutely we curb, curb stomped. stomped. We got absolutely curb stomped by these fools. We they beat We the, lost by in, one score with like eight things that went wrong in that game. If you look at the who's to blame for when things go wrong? Like things yeah, that's that's football. It's your it's your fault. It was the oh, Packers fault that things but went what wrong. What I mean is they were competitive. Mm, it was a two score game with like five minutes left and they did nothing on offense in the like <laughs> key moments. They had a chance because Tom Brady threw three picks because Tom Brady is overrated. But yeah. Tom Brady gave them a chance to win that game, but it, it they, I mean, did, I don't think they, they really... But they could get enough protection to do something with those possessions. But, but that, that, that game turned on the interception fu- and no, touchdown the, just before half, and then the Jones fumble just after half. That turn of the half was an absolute nightmare. That game sucked. I hated that game But anyway, so enough much. of that game. Yes. But anyway, that's the blast from the past. Very fun, happy memories over here on this side of the mic. Um, but we are also looking at most recently what these teams have been up to and specifically what's going on in Bucks world, uh, kind of narratively what's going on with them and then what most hap- uh, what happened most recently in their most recent game. Um, so for the Buccaneers over the offseason, they have actually kind of had a lot of newsworthy items going on. Bruce Arians uh, retired as coach, kind of moved to a bit of a front office position with their defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, becoming the head coach. Uh, very good DC. Previously been the head coach for the Jets. Hadn't gone that well there, but it's the Jets. It was the Jets. So when you have that kind of ownership, it's, it, it, yeah. it's very hard. It was for an organizational right. mess. Um, but Todd Bowles is now their head coach. Um, a big piece of news over the off season. In case you somehow missed it, we're living under a rock. But Tom Brady retired and then unretired, and has since been. Missed a lot of training camp for personal reasons. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and also is so not practicing the- on Wednesdays anymore. But that does lead you to believe that possibly they could be open to a bit of a slow start, although they are 2-0 and to start the year. And this game is in Tampa, just so you know. We forgot right. to mention so, that. So if, if you had been in Peru practicing your tea ceremonies, if you haven't been doing that, then you've heard this news already. Exactly. Rogers probably, Rogers probably didn't know about this until he showed up to training. <laughs> right. He was like, ah. Oh, Brady retired, but he's still playing. <laughs> Man, did you look at that. But anyway, so that's also what's going on with them. The other bit of unfortunate news for them, we've already talked a little bit about their O-line injuries, but man, they have been getting smacked by injuries along the O-line. Their star center, Ryan Jensen, unfortunately had what is thought to be, if it's not season ending, he's coming back in like the last week in the playoffs. Um, very serious injury in training camp. And then one of their guards who was, I guess, uh, battling for a starting guard spot, um, 
what was his name? Sorry. Aaron Stinney, Aaron Stinney. Uh, was competing for that left guard spot and was probably in line to win it. But he also got a season-ending injury and was forced to put on IR. So both those guys out for the year, along with, like we already mentioned, some O-line injuries. That's kind of been the story of camp for them is their O-line, and particularly the middle of that O-line, getting kind of decimated. Um, most so recent- in a lot of ways, yeah, sorry, this ahead. Bucks team is very different from that one two years ago. Yes, where their offensive line was dominant dominant offensive line two years ago and now it is not well we'll see because most recently anyway the buccaneers beat the saints last week 20 to 10 to move to 2 and 0 they're one of the few undefeated teams in the league so far uh they finally beat the saints in a regular season game under brady uh they had not beaten them in the regular season they had obviously beaten them in the playoffs once um winston really struggled in that game but he's kind of injured right now so it's a bit of hard to tell uh, through three picks on three straight possessions, which is kind of the Jameis Winston special. I guess say Jameis, Jameis pulled a Jameis in that yeah. second half when it be, was a tight game. And to be fair, both teams were missing a lot of players, um, including Kamara, uh, Godwin, and Julio all not playing. But it was a very low-scoring game. This game was ugly. It was 3-3 three to three after three quarters, a field goal each. And it makes you think maybe it'll be even like this game versus the Packers and and Tampa might be even less high scoring than with even more weapons missing. So smash the under if you're a gambling man or a gambling woman. Yep, it was kind of it's uh, that game was kind of a mess. But I was watching, I was rewatching a little bit of it, and the Saints were actually able to run against Tampa at the beginning of that game, and that mm. was while they still had um, Vea and Hicks both out there before Hicks yeah. got hurt. And, you know, Kamara and Jones are stylistically kind of similar. Right, and they didn't have Kamara. It was, it was Mark Ingram who was yeah. actually running well against That's them. That's a good point. They the did not have Kamara. Game. Totally just said that. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what we're looking at for what the Buccaneers have been up to. I think it's always important to kind of take a look at your opponent and see what like their storyline is going and how they've been performing recently, but they're definitely a tough matchup. I mean, they're undefeated. Their defense has been nasty. Their defense is disgusting. They, I mean, they've played the Cowboys and, uh, well, the saints offense is actually not so bad, so, but yes, the, the, the Buccaneers defense is very good. Uh, Todd Bowles always dials it up. He's a yeah. very aggressive and, defensive coordinator. And they've been, you know, first or near the top in a number of different, uh, stats defensive stats yeah so it kind of sounds like we're moving into um some stuff we wanted to talk about but dad like we do every week what makes the buccaneers a tough matchup all right so i'll go yeah oh and one thing is like, we figure you guys know what the packers have been up to recently which was yeah beating the bears, the bears as always is the sky so, still blue <laughs> as packers owners you know with you know it's a good does question. that mean i know where you own some of the bears i'd rather not the pa- i'm pretty sure they're the in, packers and the packers I'm sure are the they're bears. in massive debt i don't think i want the bears <laughs> um no, so yes you. the bucks matchup i'll talk about what, what i was thinking makes the makes the bucks a tough matchup and the, the main thing is their defense that we just talked about so um from football outsiders they're number two by dvoa overall Number one against the pass, but only number 15 against the run, which is a, a big difference to what they were two years ago, where um, they were, you know, in 2020, they were fifth overall, fifth against the pass, and first against the run. So it's mm-hmm. a different flip there that they're 
not so so far. I mean, it's a small with only two games. You know, the things things might settle out, but they've been a little softer against the run. But they're first in points. So then, by kind of traditional stats, they're first in points allowed, first in sacks, tied for third in takeaways, fifth in yards against. I mean, um, and just to preface all this, this is only over a two-game sample size. So small right. sample size. Small sample. It's all small sample size. Yeah. I am not um, convinced that their run defense is middle of the pack. Like, right. I, so that's I, I that am not convinced like of that. I think they're going to be still very a, tough. Just a blip of small sample size. But uh, they Tampa and Green Bay are tied actually for um, second in third down um, conversion percentage against. So that's actually something that the Packers have also been good at. And and drives per and points per drive, Tampa Bay is first, and the Packers are fourteenth. Yeah, I mean the defense is, I think, the highlight of, especially with all the weapons being out. I mean, obviously, you guys know Tom Brady, you know these weapons, but a lot of them won't be there. So I think the offense will be a bit more difficult. Won't come quite as easily for them, especially with O line injuries as well. That's, yeah, man, they have a that's a tough setup, but we'll see. We might still struggle, but I think that the run defense is still something that scares me um just because i know they don't have a keem hicks and they don't have ndam kansu who they had the past two years but they still got vita vea they still got Levan for those inside runs who's i in my mind the best run stopper in the league they still have levante david and devin white scraping sideline to sideline who really really give the problem the packers problems they cannot get out on those guys to block them on the second level those guys are somehow never blocked and always smacking the Packers running backs in the backfield. And I heard somebody say that, um, and I can't remember who it was now that perhaps the, the zone blocking scheme. They're running a lot of pin and pull right now. They're running a lot of power right now. So the change in the blocking scheme they're doing this year, maybe that'll change that narrative a little bit. Maybe the zone, the, the wide zone blocking scheme um, was not conducive to was, beating right, this type was of defense. Not as uh, effective a strategy against their their strengths. Well, I know Justice that, Mosqueda that, was on um, Mina Kimes' show. Uh, I think it was today or yesterday. Check out that podcast. It is one of my favorite football podcasts. Um, but he was talking about the Packers and about how uh, Packers are running a lot of pin and pull run scheme instead, as opposed to the wide zone they had favored previously. Um, and he was talking about how with that kind of running attack it's a lot of boomer bust running plays. Like either you get smacked in the backfield as the guys are pulling or you break it big. And so maybe, you know, maybe they'll be able to break a couple big ones because I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game. And I think it, if they're going to win, I think they just need to hit on, hit on a couple of these big plays. But I think we're, since we're still focusing on what makes Tampa a tough matchup, um, and less so what the Packers can do to beat them. I think that just specifically, this young O-line has a lot of, like they have, they're going to have a lot to work with and a lot of challenges coming in this game because Myers and that interior are going to have to deal with Vea. He is probably the first like, like elite, he's borderline elite. I don't know if he's fully elite, but borderline elite defensive tackle that they've played this year. Um, and then the tackles are also going to have a really tough time because per pro football reference, um, Shaq Barrett, their edge rusher, is leading the league in pressures this year already. Um, mm-hmm. And that guy's a super elite pass rusher. And I think yeah. 
it's going to be it's going to be tough because you know Elton Jenkins coming back from injury is not quite. I don't. I think it's fair to say he's not quite 100 percent yet, at least skill wise. No, still and, the and, uh, you, you know most people actually, it takes a while after they come back and play before they're back to their normal um, level, and so mm-hmm. we hope that that will happen by the end of the year. But I, I hope some of it is just going to be rust, where yeah, he got better as the game went on last week. But uh, one thing I'd say, you know, you talk about the. Um, Packers, their run blocking overall has been pretty good. Better, you know, rated better by um, Football Outsiders than the yeah. than Tampa Bay's. I mean, and, we'll, and we'll get to things... that. We'll get to that a little bit when we talk oh, about how oh, okay. Green Bay is going to take advantage of Tampa. But I, I do think that we should first talk about how we talked a little bit about how Tampa presents a difficult matchup. I think we should talk a little bit about how Tampa might approach this game. Because I think, like we say every week, it's important to look at the opponent closely. How do we think that they're going to try and exploit the Packers' weaknesses? Yeah, so oh, are we you ready? So one thing I was going to do is talk about uh, for the how the Packers might exploit, I mean, sorry, how the Bucks will exploit the Packers, is on defense, and this has been the strategy before, commit to stop the run and try to make Green Bay one-dimensional. The which, Packers you, struggle so much when teams do that to them. They struggle so much when teams can't, when they can't run against teams. Right, under the floor. When they can't run, then the whole offense kind of falls apart. And that was the problem they had two years ago against Tampa with times. The problem they've had against the Niners and the games they struggled there. Yeah, screw you, nerds. It's all, about the run, it's all about the running game, nerds. You don't know <laughs> football. You don't know ball, silly. Um, so, so, you know, that is one possible way for uh, how the Bucks will, will try. Another thing I was into then on offense, I have to say look for um, the Bucks to try to challenge Green Bay's defense by riding Fournette, possibly until the wheels come off with all of the receivers out, both in the passing game and the running game. Mm-hmm. The, and and we'll and I think we can talk about that now since we're talking about. Um, the passing and the running game. Um, one of my things that I was interested to see and uh, what I was keeping my eye out for was um, a lot of targets for Fournette, I think, are coming because not only does Brady like already heavily target his running backs, they've done a lot of studies specifically for fantasy football that show that when receiver targets are vacated, so when receivers aren't playing, receivers move to a new team, etc., a lot of those targets are usually actually taken by the running backs, not by the receivers replacing them. And we can kind of see that in our own offense with what we're seeing with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon getting a lot of targets each game. Um, and, and I think an interesting stat, just to talk a little bit about how the... I know we were kind of talking about Tampa, but just to touch on the Packers a little bit and the receiving game for the running backs that they faced. Uh, in 2020, when the Packers last played Tampa... Uh, the Packers allowed 47.75 receiving yards per game to the running back position, according to StatMuse. Um, but last year, they allowed an average of just 32.8 receiving yards to the running back position, also per StatMuse. And so I think it's interesting because, yes, some of that is Joe Barry, but I think a lot of that has to do with the addition of Devondre Campbell. Um, and so you could you could talk yourself into the idea that, hey, they added Campbell, they improved the linebacker position, they should handle receiving by the running backs better. And then they improved the linebacker position even more this year with the addition of Quay Walker. Will they be even better against passes to running backs this year and maybe be able to neutralize some of the work that Fournette's going to get? 
that's that was kind of what I was looking at for this game and I was going to talk about later but since you brought up specifically receiving for the running backs what do you think about that um it's an interesting idea actually that we could have with two running backs able to linebackers uh, I'm sorry linebackers able to cover running backs that we could see could be even better this time around and early on um so far this year they they rank they rank 12th um, in covering running backs catching as a pass catchers by yards or this is by DVOA by DVOA okay. and football cool. outsiders cool where they break right down now. the the passing by by types of receivers okay okay but I mean so decent so far um, and they have had to play against Cook who's a decent receiver and Montgomery is okay but. So that's kind of something that I also think that Tampa's going to try and do. I think I think Fournette's in for a big day. Um, something that I'm looking for Tampa to do is, you know, when there's a weak link on the offensive line, it does not take long for the other team to find it usually. And so I would not be surprised if they chose to blitz uh, their two li- either their two linebackers, White and Levante David. Um, I know that Mina Kimes on her show, uh, to reference again, uh, when previewing this game, did say that uh, Todd Bowles is not blitzing quite as much this year as he has in the past. Normally, he's very famous for being a very blitz-heavy coordinator. He's not blitzing quite as much this year. But I would expect some heavy like A-gap blitzes um, making Newman think because Newman um, has trouble picking up blitzes and stunts. And I think that's going to yeah. be a very heavy could, dose of that going into this game. Could be a lot of stunts. Uh in, in this game. Especially that right side of the line. Side. With not having played together much and Newman already struggling with stunts, I think that's going to be something that Tampa's definitely going to try and exploit. Um, but that's kind of how we think that uh, Tampa's going to try and exploit us. But hey, we're not practice dummies. We got some decent players too. What are we going to do against Tampa, Dad? What are we going to try and exploit? Right. So one thing I think the Packers will do, which is sort of like a, a long-held strategy against Brady because he's not a mobile quarterback is to really this 45 year old can't move in the pocket anymore ever um ever um is that pressure up the middle which makes you know Kenny so important and this injury hit to him so worrisome but that they'll try to disrupt um the Tampa Bay offense with pressure up the middle and force bad throws or quick throwaways from Brady who is you know who 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 will chuck it into the dirt very quickly if there's pressure at his feet mr Checkdown, or or he'll or he'll throw it up for grabs uh, and give you a few um interceptions every once in a while the other thing the ball goes the ball goes up and the microsoft surface tablet goes down <laughs> <laughs> yes apparently uh brady and rogers are talking about who's going to cause more damage to the microsoft tablet during the game microsoft sponsor us um <laughs> But anyway, and, continue, so, and the sorry. other things I'm thinking about is that um, you, how good will Green Bay be able to defend the run against the Tampa depleted O line? Um, yeah, and that um, and that's in contrast to um, and, and one thing I don't. I have to look up as whether that Tampa offensive line is more likely to kind of where they're weaker is getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually that is the case. Like they're, they're, they're not doing so well at, 
keeping down the percentage of runs that get stuffed. Mm-hmm. And their downfield blocking is is so so. And, yeah, so and it seems like that, it's going to be important to win those early downs. Yeah, and that's something the Packers um, run block is actually pretty good at is the downfield blocking. And you see that actually with like Myers and Nyman. Myers and was looking really good in space running downfield. The They've been very good getting to the second level blocking. And I feel like Myers has been doing a better job of that than he has been holding regular up blocking. Yes, in, in in the line than zone blocking because the last was that they ran a a zone play and. Um, what's it called? Dylan got absolutely stuffed in the backfield because I forget his name, but one of the D tackles for the bears just went right up field and Myers didn't touch him. And I was like, Ooh, that's, we talked yeah, about it a bit on, on the him. post game last game, uh, which is still up on, on streaming platforms. If you guys want to hear about how we talked about the bears and maybe think about how that applies to this game, check it out. Um, but like you're saying, Myers has been a lot better in space than he has been just on the line and playing and doing zone and stuff like that. Yep. Um, how about you? You got stuff you wanted to see where the Packers might yeah. uh, exploit the the Bucks? I think I would like to see with a depleted secondary for the Buccaneers. I know there is some risk to this, um, but with their best weapon clearly being Fournette for this game, I would like to see the Packers put some more people around the box um, and kind of rely on the studs they have in their secondary to take away this depleted receiver core because I think that, honestly, they should just they should allocate more resources to stopping Fournette unless they're really getting picked apart by Brady. Brady is also very good against zone, so that's not great. I would like us to not play zone. I would like us to play man. I know we're not going to, but a boy can dream. Um, And I would like us to uh, blitz Quay Walker a little bit along the interior. I think that the fact that they're starting a lot of backups in that interior line, um, Quay Walker's kind of size speed profile, his strength profile, make for him to be a good blitzer i know ben fennel on twitter um is very good uh football analyst very good x's nose guy uh really wants to see quay walker blitz a lot more but you know up to now according to bill huber joe barry has not blitzed one time through two games and so i think will that continue probably it is always hard to blitz a veteran quarterback but I would like to see them make Brady think and and pressure him because they did not pressure him at all in 2020, and that was another big reason that they lost is the D-line and, could not get a win. Um, until the second think, half of that yeah. game, then, then Gary was starting to get after him. But I think the D-line in general needs to have a good game, and I think Kenny needs to play unless he's like hurt, hurt and then don't take it easy, Kenny. We, we understand. But if Kenny plays, he needs to play well. The D-line needs to pl- play well because these are mostly backups. Um if Donovan Smith is not playing Preston or Gary, who's ever on that side needs to step up. Um, I know they're. I feel it's like they're going to run a lot to the right side with um, Tristan Wirfs over there. Who's their better tackle. Gary needs to keep contain and not get washed out of those plays and not get too far upfield. The D line essentially needs to be the focal point of the defense this game and maybe give them a little extra help up front because the receivers are not, they're not that good. I don't know. A famous last yep. words, but they're they're not anyone that you need to give extra attention to. And man to man, the Packers corners are each individually substantially better than the Tampa Bay receivers, and I think they should play defense accordingly. Yeah, one thing that's kind of interesting is that your sort of uh, how can the um, Packers exploit the Bucks kind of f- feeds right into one of my things to keep an eye out for. Yeah, let's let's talk about our things to keep an eye out for. <laughs> and so I'll I'll you know, go on I'll, I'll go to that first. Is, so one of the things I was putting to keep an eye out for is like, 
to watch to see if Green Bay plays um, man employs man defense against the Please. depleted wide receiver Please. core. Please, because in addition to that, it's also and- you don't have to worry about Brady breaking out of the pocket and running for forty yards. Yes, that and you, I know that where you, if, if you have your back to the to the quarterback is a problem if you have a running quarterback. And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, like Petten was here and we played man, and everyone wanted like to play zone, and now Barry's here and we're playing zone, and everyone wants to play man." I I I'm not one of those people who's just calling for man every single game. This I this feels like a game where you can play man. This feels like a game where you can play man. Yeah, as opposed to last game, I felt like zone had some advantages to keep an eye or at least somebody and they did do the spy thing that we were talking about for walker to watch fields Mm -hmm. as a running quarterback you don't have to worry about you don't have to sacrifice a cover player to have a spy on brady and so i think you can commit to i would love to see one of those and i would love to see one of those linebackers matched up on Fournette, like just just trailing him because because brady loves to dump the ball off like we were talking about earlier it is uh Playoff Lenny was uh, just a you know a, a checkdown target. Yeah, I mean he was doing pretty well with those. I thought he was no, but it just meant it just meant he was a yes. target hog. He's he gets a lot of targets and vacated targets go to the running back. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I'm keeping my eye out for. So um, that's one thing that um, you, should we switch back and forth? You want to mention yeah, one of the things yeah. that you keep an eye out for, and then I'll go back to one of my other ones. Yeah, I think I'm going to steal one of yours, um, but. Tampa Bay is the number one uh, defense by DVOA against running backs as pass catchers. That's a little I gotta frightening. My, I got to change my list now. And it makes sense though, <laughs> because well, I used my, I used mine <laughs> earlier because we were talking about running backs as pass catchers. So I had to steal one of yours. I'm not ashamed. You can't prove it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's right there. I had that thought originally. Um, but like I was saying, uh, it kind of makes sense when you think about their personnel, given that Levante David is eternally underrated and Devin White is a freak show. Um, they're going to be able to run with these running backs out of the backfield and stay in like a heavier personnel still, which is kind of what the Packers are trying to do with Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. But it makes it it makes it difficult on throwing the ball to running backs, and that's kind of all of the Packers' offense, especially if these receivers don't play. So. I mean, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen there? Because that's kind of scary. Yeah, that's something. It's definitely something to watch and hard to predict at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's who's going to win out? Something to keep an eye out for. Um, another thing that I so I'll switch to what I think I want to talk. Another one I wanted to talk about was the um, where is Green Bay going to try to run? And this is actually something that you yeah. mentioned earlier on that I could call back to. You know, are they going to do like power runs up the middle where Vita Vea is sitting, at waiting, 350 pounds, menacingly? <laughs> but there's no Akeem Hicks. You it's know, true. So before they had both of them in there, or will they? Tr- or will they try the speed outside runs where um, Levante David and Devin White are both sideline to sideline? So both of those um, strategies have downsides. So they can, you know. So one thing, will they be able to like influence the linebackers with play action, get them to react and out of position, um, for you know because they'll be ready to chase mm-hmm. after the running backs? We'll see what happens yeah. with that. And it's tough though because we did talk about Josh Myers like playing very well, getting out in space. But there is yeah. a difference in getting out in space on the Bears linebackers and getting out in space and trying to block Levante David and Devin White, who are absolutely so freaking fast. 
And like Roquan, and, and, Roquan Smith's a good player. I don't think he's as good as he's either. Not of those guys. as yeah, he's not as good as those as either one. I think. But one thing is that the Green Bay I would mention is like sixth in offense overall right now, but fourth on fourth in running offense. So we'll see. Yeah, what comes out of that. It's it's just so tough because kind of all of the things that the Packers are good at, Tampa is good at stopping. It's a really bad matchup for the Packers, honestly. Like it's it's a tough matchup and. I think those are the things that I'm keeping my eyes on. Um, and just one last thing is the special teams has not been bad for the Packers so far. They're right about middle of the road. They are 14th by DVOA, and they were dead last last year. Tampa Bay is 20th. So this might be the first game of the year Packers have a special teams edge in. So I'm going to say. I would say overall, I've been quite pleased with their um, coverage and their gunners. Um, been been doing the job so far. So yeah, shout out Keyshawn Nixon up. and Ford and Rudy Ford. Yeah, yeah, it's been they've been doing a good job. And well, and uh, Dallin Levitt with the tackling mm-hmm, yeah. on kickoff returns. I mean, they've been as advertised. Like they brought these guys for special teams. They have been good on yep. special teams. Check check. That's a that's a W for me. Shout out Basachia. Let's hope they can keep it up. Packers special teams haven't been good in a very 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 long time. But that's kind of all the things that I'm looking out for. Do you have anything else that well, you're I think there's one more for? thing that you've got on your list that we haven't brought up yet, and that's uh, and ah. though we touched on it a little bit is how Elton is going to look in, in his second in, game back. In his second game back, is he going to start look? Is it going to is it going to be a gradual improvement for, for every game now as he I as mean, he gets his feet under him? He's coming back, and it did seem like Roquan Smith mostly stuck to Yash Nyman's side last game, so. Mostly Elton had to work against. I guess Roquan did you get mean him Robert one time. Quinn. Robert Quinn, sorry, yes, Robert Quinn. Mostly worked on Yasha's side. It seemed like, although he was on Elton's a few times, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. But Elton definitely, I think, has a he, he, higher level of competition this game. Uh, um, Robert Quinn's a very good player, but Shaq Barrett is one of the best pass rushers in this league that doesn't get talked about. And then their second-year player, third-year player, second-year player, I think Joe Tryon, Joe Tryon Shoyenka, sorry, bit of a tongue twister, is was a first-round pick um, a couple years ago and is super athletic, and they are really high on him. So they have some pretty good edge rushers, and I think you know Elton's second game back, thankfully it's not his first game back, that's going to be tough. And I think it's something because I know – we don't really want to talk about this, but Rogers has been getting obliterated like twice to three times a game by some of these edge rushers, just like whooping the tackles. He has been nailed a couple of times. He's not going to be able to keep taking those hits all season. They need to figure it out. Yep. He's got, and he's, and he's got to just throw the ball away quick. I mean, some of the times there's no time. There have been two or three that he didn't even have time to do that because he's so bad. But uh, we're hoping that with Jake Hansen now as a backup that it's going to be less of a problem. Yeah, I mean, Yash kind of struggled last week, so I'm hoping he can bounce back. Um, Yeah, he has been above all uh, above average tackle, but not up to that. Yash, in terms of, like, range of outcomes, this is, like, a super high-level range of outcomes. He, He could be a starting tackle in this league. I firmly believe that. But he definitely got – I think he had one of his not-as-good games last week. I think that's fair to say. But anyway, that's kind of our general thoughts, our preview for the game. And the last thing we got to wrap it all up is score predictions. Dad, do you want to go first or should I go? I'll go first because I'm a bit of a Debbie Downer, um, <laughs> and then we can end on a high note. But I actually have Tampa Bay winning this. 
Um, 24 to 10. My reasons for it. Packers aren't going to have any receivers. All they can do is run and throw to the running backs. That's what Tampa's best at stopping. It's in Florida. Packers are terrible in Florida. And I just don't think they're going to be able to score on Tampa. I mean, it's one thing to score on the Chicago defense, but this is another animal. And I think maybe if this game was in week like 15, they'd have a better chance. But week three with no receivers, I know Tampa's super banged up too, but I think I think Tampa wins 24 to 10, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah, I guess as we talked about earlier, I've got like the, the X-Men rose-colored glasses on. Cyclops style, gambit. But style. Uh, so I have I have the Packers win, but I have it as a low scoring affair. Seventeen Packers winning seventeen thirteen. I don't think Tampa's going to be able to score very much. You, they they ended up beating in New Orleans. What was it twenty to ten mm-hmm. last week? But as you said, it was three three after three quarters. The, after three quarters, their offense was not able to do anything until. Um, they were said, gifted a pick. Yeah, James gave them a pick six and two other interceptions. So the pack, the that, Packers can't beat themselves like the Saints did if they want to win this game. Right. They can't do it. They've got to protect the ball, no turnovers, and um, do 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 kind of just enough to get a few points. But I don't think Tampa Tampa's offense is not scary right now. The Packers have to. The other thing that I forgot to mention: the Packers have to clean up the tackling. The tackling last year, they were the yes. best tackling team in the league. This year has been very subpar. That's been their biggest issue, actually, so far mm-hmm. on on for the run defense. Yeah, been Campbell has been missing tackles that he made last year, and we're going to need him to make them because yeah. we need him to and, we and need him is, to play well. And as I recall, when coming out of college for the draft, that Quay Quay was actually a very good tackler. In yeah, college he had like the lowest well. missed tackle rate in the country, or something yeah. like that. So I think some of this is. I mean, they're getting up to speed. They're getting only two up weeks to speed in. With you know, they Live played. Tackling. They played you know uh, preseason game four. Yep. In week one, and then uh, week their first their their first game last week. Yeah, and that you know they they're gonna need to clean it up because like we said they're gonna gonna go for yak with Lenny and I think they if they can't tackle yep. that's gonna be very he's disgusting. A yeah. It's a big man. Yeah. I remember how big he looked at LSU playing against those college guys. That was frightening. But anyway, that has been our preview for Packers Buccaneers coming this Sunday. Uh, We will be doing a post game Sunday night that will be brought to you on all your podcast platforms. So check that out either Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, whenever Uh, we record every Thursday and every Sunday. Come check us out. We would appreciate it. Come follow us on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Come subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Dad, you got anything for good listeners at home? Um, pray for the hamstrings. Knock on wood. Pray <laughs> for everybody. Like, pray for all the joints. Pray for hydrated. all the muscles. Yeah, it's gonna and, be uh, hot in Florida. It's gonna, almost certainly. it's gonna be Florida. I mean, this like this early season games in Florida. That's that's always, that's always one of the issues. Yeah, hot and humid. But anyway, that does it for us today. And one last time, go Pat Go. Go Pat Go.